0: You know, it's such a shame that it's so hard to find good, honest, legal help these days.
1: How to dream, cowboys.
0: Welcome back to the HBO Boys podcast. We are finishing up our run on the first season of HBO's film noir crime drama Perry Mason Today we are recapping and reviewing the Pen Ultimate episode, chapter seven. I'm James, and with me, thank God, is Ryan. Uh, we should say, uh, you know, we never missed a week uh, up until this week. Never at once. So we should uh, apologize to our loyal listeners. Ryan, very selfishly, had his house hit by a hurricane.
1: Yeah, this is my fault. I told that hurricane to attack me, and it showed me what good it. Uh, it knocked out all my power. And it told my internet that it shouldn't be here anymore. And uh, I sat in the dark for about five days while thinking to myself, "God damn, Perry Mason and a podcast." I, I feel, I feel awful about it, James. But, but we are back. We're back in the game. Yeah,
0: I mean, longtime listeners the show will know that I don't like to throw Ryan under the bus or blame him for anything. But it is totally his fault, and I'm blameless.
1: Cheers! You can't see the drink in my hand, but I did cheers myself.
0: Before we get started, we should mention that we have a Patreon, and if you want to subscribe to that for just a dollar, uh, you will get two bonus episodes per month, as well as access to our private Discord channel, and Ryan uh, and I will chat with you there, and we'll
1: we'll shout out uh, your name at the end of each show. That's true. Patreon.com slash HBO Boys. H-B-O-B-O-I-Z.
0: Yeah, you can pay to not get an episode for a week because of a hurricane. No, no, that was that's a joke. It's never going to happen again. There will never be another hurricane in history.
1: Weather is over, okay? They told me. The people who run the weather, they were like, it was a one-time deal, buddy. Weather's done now.
0: Episode 7 starts with a cold open. We get Alice's backstory. She and her mother run out of gas in the middle of nowhere, and a seemingly good Samaritan stops to offer them some gasoline Meanwhile, Alice is like staring off into space, which her mom doesn't seem to think is that weird. Probably something she does a lot.
1: Yeah, all the time. A prophet since very young. This man seems incredibly nice, very helpful, tells Birdie that one gallon of gas, the amount that he has to give her probably will not get her to a town in which has more gas. And she says, well, you know, I'll be honest with you. We're from Canada. You're a good Christian guy. We need all the help we can get. What can we do to get more help from you? And he was like, well, as a Christian, I'd make your tiny daughter give me uh, oral and or actual sex. And Bertie was like, that's a fair bargain.
0: Yeah, he propositions. He's like, Oh, well, I'll help you out if you let me molest your young daughter. And like, astoundingly, Bertie's like, well, I guess that's fine. So Bertie's a horrible person. Bad mother, bad person. Probably a baby killer.
1: <laughs> Possibly. It seems like it's happened before, this exact scenario.
0: We cut to the present, a very awkward family dinner at Alice's house with Bertie and Emily. And Bertie and Alice are totally silent. And Emily's like, uh, can you pass the potatoes? Are, are, are we going to talk? Or?
1: <laughs> yeah. And Alice is like, no. And recalling from the last episode, she's like, no, Remembering a lot about my past these days, the potatoes can wait.
0: Emily's like, "Jeez, I'm on I'm on trial for murder and looking at the death penalty, and got a dead baby, and I'm somehow the least sullen person here."
1: Yeah. Oh, I, I had I used to have the darkest eyes in the room, but now you guys have two canyons for eyeballs and haven't looked at each other in days. God, I wish we could have a normal conversation.
0: In the next scene, we get the resolution of chapter six. So. Jim Hicks is leading Perry around his farm at night, the whole opening the door with a shotgun, that was false drama, uh, in in classic HBO style. Yeah. Hicks takes care of this land, uh, which was given to him as basically hush money, but not money, hush land by Baggerly and Seidel. It was supposed to be you know, a a huge business deal. They were going to buy this plot of land. They were going to sell it to the state of California to use for the Olympics. And that never happened. And just became a huge money pit that, you know, just, you know, give it away, whatever. It's worthless.
1: So J.H. goes over, digs some shit up. We don't exactly know what that is. A very different existence from this being in the Olympic Village. There could have been bobsledding here, James. Perry asks Hicks to help him, like, see
0: justice be done and punish some bad people and hicks seems like a decent enough dude and agrees and yeah he starts digging in front of a scarecrow probably for a chest of gold he's like you can just leave and run away from the trial i got some buried treasure right here
1: (laughs) yeah do you think he would take it do you think he'd be like you know what screw the farm screw lupe i'm taking my box full of gold doubloons and getting the shit out of here back in the city
0: paul is meeting with one of his informants at a nightclub. Is an older woman who has a connection at the DA's office. She turns over a file on the Dodson case and intimates that she really wants to fuck Paul. And Paul's like, "Well, no, I'm married." And she's like, "Well, so am I." <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, we we all can cut loose every now and again. This is Nina, and it, the, the way they were talking, I was like, it was like a dramatic christian podcast that i would absolutely listen to everyone in this nightclub is married to someone else (laughs) that's uh, to get in you have to show your wedding ring it's a very odd rule but we all abide
0: the next day alice is giving a radio sermon in the form of like a what a you know old-timey radio drama you know it's like a prairie home companion they got a guy uh doing sound effects while the actors
1: are reading out their lines yeah and the sound effect is jesus being nailed to the cross which is graphic
0: elder brown crashes the performance with a mob of his followers and they try to hold alice to account live on the radio very dramatic uh birdie even tries to cut the feed, but they strong
1: arm her and the rest of the crew they bring the guy in whom sister alice got to stand up out of his wheelchair and he unceremoniously is like guess what still a cripple how dare you
0: Yeah, Robert the paraplegic from an earlier episode is back in his wheelchair, and Elder Brown's like, oh, if you're such a miracle worker, uh, how come he's back in a wheelchair? And and you expect Alice to, like, take some responsibility or comp to this, but no, Mm -mm. she doubles down, she flips it around, and she's like, no, it's Robert's fault, he's an asshole, and he didn't believe sufficiently enough, and that's why he's back in the wheelchair, because God hates him.
1: Yeah, she might as well have been like, oh, look at you, Robert, you little bitch, get out of the seat, you bitch. Yeah, Robert is the
0: uh, <laughs> the most tough luck character of the show. He's already in a wheelchair and he just gets, you know, berated by Sister Alice in the two scenes he's in.
1: Right, when Virgil looks over at Robert, he's like, oh, that guy's life is a tough deal.
0: Later, Della and Perry arrive at court. Della is confused about this new strategy that Perry says he's developed. Perry says that Hicks can provide proof that the church and Seidel lost a ton of money on a land deal,
1: which is why they decided to extort hundred k from Baggerly. The Hamburglar is there. He's watching. You got to put on a good show, Perry. Okay? If the Hamburglar's there, this is important. Pete shows up. Della is her her lady friend. What's her lady friend's name? Okay. She's such
0: a minor character. I want to say Olivia, but that's not right.
1: (laughs) Okay. Goodness.
0: she has so few lines they hope they expand that character's part in season two or cut her from the show because i can't remember her name
1: yeah the show is incredibly based on whether you remember people or not
0: perry puts hicks on the stand he testifies that Gannon was funneling money from the church into a shell company that was the owner of the property and the church was totally in on this from the start Turns out the church was in massive debt, mostly to expanding too quickly. Seidel tried to cover the church's debt with some kind of creative accounting, which is why they brought Gannon in in the first place, because he's kind of crooked and they want him to fix the books. So they paid off Hicks, the first accountant, to keep his silence with this useless land and they gave him the shell company.
1: Her name is Hazel.
0: That's it. I found it. I found it with the internet. Barnes cross-examines Hicks and asks how he can prove any of this. And Hicks says that he actually has in his possession all the original books from Gannon's tenure. So that's what he had buried out in the farm. And it shows conclusively that the church was in deep for almost exactly 100k. So
1: not looking good for the church. Boom. Get shit on, Mater Barnes. Get shit on.
0: Perry and Peter meet inside the bathroom. Peter tells Perry about the Denver connection between Ennis and Seidel. Perry is worried that Saito will skip town before he can put him on the stand, and tells Pete to keep an eye on him until then. Pete tells Perry, "Man, you really look like a real lawyer. I'm,
1: I'm proud of you, Perry." And I was just like, "He's so dead." Oh, Jesus Christ! No, <laughs> I wrote down "fuck." He's dead as fuck. That's the thing someone who's dead as fuck is gonna say. And then he, uh, I mean, we will wait till the end of this episode. But honestly, he, I'll, I'll let you guys know we're late and. I could just say this. He makes it through this episode, which was weirdly disappointing to me.
0: Perry then puts Herman Baggerly on the stand. Perry is killing it and making Barnes look really weak. Baggerly testifies that Sidellison is in charge of the church's finances, and that after the land deal went south, he stopped donating money to the church, money the church desperately needed. What do you know? Three weeks later, Charlie gets
1: kidnapped. Barnes holds up a picture of a dead baby to the juror, and it's like, I'm not sure what this has to do with the murder of Charlie Dotson, to which Perry Mason very quickly is like, I'm not sure what that picture has to do with this line of questioning. And Mason last made her barns like a bitch.
0: Perry rats up his examination just as some um, rowdy hockey fans storm the no courthouse idea. dressed as Sister sure,
1: Alice. could be anything. <laughs> some kind of... They just smoke bombed the place. <laughs> they could have been fart bombs. We don't know. And
0: the quarter-ups into chaos. Who knows what's happening? Like, is this an assassination attempt? So everyone runs out.
1: I truly hope it was fart bombs. <laughs> that just, it seems like, it's like a cool gag that still has to stop everything.
0: Yeah, do you say fart bombs? I usually call them stink bombs, but I guess the, those are both
1: good. You know what? No, no, you're right. They're called stink bombs. I'm just soft-brained today. And the, this week. The, the the With no electricity, James, I have lost my will to think.
0: Peter watches Seidel in a bank, beg the bank manager for a loan extension, and get denied.
1: I'm wondering, (laughs) is this the
0: same bank manager who denied EB? That's just his job. It's like, okay, we gotta turn down another
1: sad sack. Get Tony out there. (laughs) I heard the last guy turned away put his head in an oven. So, anyway, good luck. Seidel
0: is, you know, very upset. He's like, damn, I gotta go kidnap another billionaire's grandson.
1: (laughs) Another day's work.
0: Peter tails him out into the street. We cut to Emily and Perry, and she is very pissed that he has turned on the church. He and, he and Della try to reason with her that she should not go to the graveyard for the, for the resurrection ceremony, because public opinion is already against her, and everyone's going to hate her more when, you know, they see her try to resurrect this baby that everyone's really sad about.
1: Yeah, and Emily's point is, are you resurrecting my child, Perry? No? Okay, great then I will be at the cemetery, where that's definitely going to happen. Buzz off.
0: Peter continues to tell Seidel through the streets of L.A. Seidel seems to catch on and tries to run away, and he is able to lose Peter in this big protest march for veterans' benefits. Yeah. He slipped through Pete's fingers. Perry goes to Lupe's pilot bar that night, and she drops the bombshell on him that actually his property went up to public option because he hasn't been paying his property tax, uh, which you have to do.
1: for five years and then he gets mad at her for being the one who bought the property which she's just like you know i told you i was going to do this over and over right i i
0: you could have had cash in hand if you had accepted the deal a month ago
1: and also by the way you haven't paid property taxes in five years you're gonna lose it no matter what yeah unreasonable for you to be angry at this moment yeah but perry finds a way yeah
0: but perry's pissed and he breaks up with her and i I wrote down here like perry's an idiot whatever
1: <laughs> yeah breaks up with her you, you you can't fire me i quit
0: meanwhile della is at a bar downtown with hamilton Berger, deputy district attorney she asks him to try to use some kind of legalese to stop the resurrection ceremony you know call it inciting a riot or whatever and it also seems as though the two of them have an arrangement. They use one another's company in order to remain in the closet, which I, I don't, I don't know if what this is formally called, but I, as I say many times in the show, I used to live in Japan and in Japan, uh, it's still kind of sexually repressed in this way. And a lot of professional people will do this, have sham marriages, which they call a friendship marriage, which is a very nice name for Aww. something that's kind of dark.
1: I believe it's referenced as a like a woman or a man having a beard. The woman is his beard. I've heard of that definitely before, but you're correct. The Hamburglar is most likely gay and also dating the waiter at this restaurant. And Della and the Hamburglar have like an old relationship. Like how long have they been friends? It seems like they met on the bus when they were four.
0: Peter goes to Perry's house to apologize about losing Seidel and Perry, oh. who's totally shit-faced, refuses to accept it graciously, and he blows uh-huh. up, and he's like, Peter, you gotta stop fucking up all the time, okay? Not like how the way that I fuck up all the time.
1: <laughs> and then he fires Pete. He, Pete's like, you should just get Paul to do it.
0: Yeah, Pete's not gonna take any more of Perry's abuse and quits.
1: But I just assume this is happening because Pete did something that was very friendly the scene before. And then now Perry, you know, kicks him out of his life. And then I assume, and again, y'all, the audience knows more than me at this moment. But, like, it feels like it's been built up to the point where Pete is going to die in episode eight. If he doesn't, I will truly be surprised. And it feels like like P- Perry just white-fanged Pete only to find him in the woods later, dead.
0: Right. He's going to go to Peter and be like, Peter, I want to apologize for all the bad things I did. Oh,
1: you're dead. Aww. And it's murdered you. Yeah,
0: once again, uh, we're recording this a week late, as you know, or you don't, depending on when you're listening to this, and Ryan and I have not seen the finale.
1: Right. <laughs> we like to be not artificial with y'all. We purposely didn't watch the finale so that we could make a better podcast. <laughs> you're welcome. Also, I just like didn't get the time. All, I, my, my, my electricity was out, so I'm like, whatever, dude, shut up. <laughs>
0: Paul reads in the file that the kidnapper stayed in a roadside motel. He pays the visit, but the owner there stonewalls him. She's probably been paid off.
1: Reminded me of an original Perry Mason episode, where an owner of a motel was also like, get the fuck out of here. I'm not giving you anything.
0: But just as he's about to leave, one of the maids chases him down to say something that she remembers. And I gotta say, where this shit with the motel going is so dark.
1: Gross. It's gross and dark and gross, dude
0: sidell meets up with ennis out of town ennis acts like he's gonna give him a ride to the bus depot right and i uh, yeah. and even i was believing this i'm like oh okay yeah real you did yeah no no so the moment had he this got been me
1: it, I, would, I would yeah that no would I, I was like oh buddy you're about to die how are you about to die
0: When Sidell lowers his guard and turns his back, Ennis stabs him about 50
1: times. So many times. An amount of times. It feels like it's too many times.
0: Sidell is like totally in shock as he's being stabbed to the point where the actor is... is, is, I like his performance a lot. He's like getting stabbed several times. And Sidell's like... I swear, he's like, all right, all right,
1: geez. (laughs) It feels like too much. This is too much, Ennis. You could have stabbed me better. The next day...
0: Paul visits an extremely hungover and depressed Perry, and he comes with the news that while the kidnappers were staying at the motel, Ennis visited their, their motel room and brought with him a Chinese prostitute. They go to the Chinese brothel from the previous episodes to f- try to look for this girl. They won't let Paul in because racism. Wow. Perry goes in and requests a lactating prostitute.
1: <laughs> a milkmaid they call them i'm very very well versed in this and
0: when he's sent to the room with her he uses very embarrassing foreigner talk to try to ask her about ennis he's like me lawyer detective ennis do you know
1: (laughs) i so wanted her to be like i speak perfect english and how dare i have a degree in english literature yeah eventually
0: she tells perry the story of her friend tan ying who was actually not her but this was the girl who went with ennis And he has already killed her.
1: Also, by the way, not only has that terrible thing happened to Tan Ying, but they all use heroin. She mentioned that.
0: Right. They're all drug addicts, heroin users. Just then, as Perry's learning this, a bunch of Chinese gangsters bust in and attack Perry and just beat the ever-loving shit out of him. Throw him into an alley. Perry gets thrown
1: into a lot of alleys. So many alleys. This feels like a thing that happened to Private Investigator. Perry Mason shouldn't be happening to Perry Mason Esquire but he still gets himself into a whole bunch of trouble in the back of brothels but thankfully Paul drank was Paul Drake Paul Drake was there to save him. Across
0: town, Alice wakes up late at night and finds Emily still awake smoking in the garden. Together they share a cigarette and some light conversation. Emily talks about the time when George first confessed his love to her. And and I like the way she puts this. She's like, you know, and, and it was kind of like coming back to life metaphorically. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs>
0: like the resurrection. You know, not like in a literal sense. Is that right. something you know about?
1: <laughs> is my baby going to be back tomorrow? Question mark? Are you lying to me? How dare you?
0: Alice is pissed and accuses her of being a doubter. And doubles down on her determination that
1: Charlie will definitely be resurrected the next day. Really? You got pissed from that conversation? I felt like it was just she was trying to relax and then she got questioned and she's like, no. I think she's just sick of people doubting her.
0: She's like, damn, I've, I've had a rough life. I put everything into this prophet shit and nobody believes me.
1: Right. And I'm not going back to
0: the goddamn streets. Perry goes to see Virgil and... Virgil shows him Tan Ying's corpse, and her arm is filled with track marks. Perry thinks back to the story that he heard from Paul, which was that at the motel with the gangsters, the kidnappers, the baby was crying. And it shows up with a lactating prostitute. Baby stops crying. So you can see kind of the the train of thought that the kidnappers had, like, oh, the baby needs a wet nurse, basically. Okay. Uh, And that's what Tan Ying's role was. But as we can see now, she has track marks going up and down her arms. And this is where it gets very dark. Perry asks Virgil, what would happen to a baby who nursed on a mother who was currently using? And Virgil's, and
1: Virgil's like, oh, God. Yeah. Why would you ask me Well, that? They,
0: they very slowly and darkly put it together. And Virgil's like, oh, yeah, the, the baby would suffocate. And, and that's when they both seem to realize it. And now we have basically... The entire murder. We know
1: how Charlie died. Yeah. yeah. The
0: entire murder figured yeah. out now. The church got together a bunch of, like, ruffians that Seidel knew from his past, Ennis, and the strike breakers, to kidnap Charlie. Ennis, because he's an idiot, tried to, you know, get a heroin addict to wet nurse Charlie. I don't know
1: about and, idiot. Just like, you know, not a doctor.
0: Right. And and unintentionally killed Charlie. So.
1: I could see someone being like, heroin? Milk? Two separate things. Right,
0: yeah. What? How, do, how does heroin go from the arm to the boobs?
1: It's not possible. I mean, this okay. is the conversation the kidnappers were having right after it happened. Yeah. Like- <laughs> I really liked when Virgil showed Perry this body. He was wary because, you know, the last time Virgil talked about a body with Perry, that body ended up in the middle of a golf course. Virgil had a great line where he said, If this one shows up in a bowling alley with a party hat on, I'm going to take a claw hammer to your head. I was like, Jesus, Virgil. Yeah, I
0: like Virgil that a claws. lot. I hope he makes it into season two.
1: Oh, me too. 100%. Also, by the way, he's from Clinton, Connecticut, <laughs> our hometown. Yeah. Uh,
0: Virgil, if you lost power, Ryan has it back now. You can go take a shower at his place.
1: Right, but you have to stay in the basement, okay? Upstairs is for people who live here. Very particular.
0: The next day at the cemetery, Perry tries desperately to reach Emily before the ritual contained her public persona anymore. He isn't able to push back Alice's security, and so Sister Alice goes forward with the ceremony. She does these bizarre incantations and places her hand on the casket, and, you know, she's speaking High
1: Valyrian. Uh, yeah, she's doing some goddamn voodoo witchcraft <laughs> procrastination.
0: And and she, you know, lifts the, the lid of the casket to reveal the live baby, but uh, it's empty.
1: She made the baby disappear with her magic, James.
0: Right, she accidentally did the wrong trick, (laughs) and
1: the the rabbit is gone. Yeah, it's backstage with both of the tigers.
0: This causes a riot as Elder Brown's followers attempt to reach and attack Alice. One of them does knock her over and bloodies her nose, and then her followers attack back, and there's just a huge brawl breaking out in the cemetery. The mob also then turns on Emily who has just completely lost it and is screaming to be thrown into the grave.
1: Hilarious. (laughs) Very dark. The best part of the entire episode where she was like, I'm over it. Just put me in the grave. I'm fucking done.
0: Della stuffs her and Perry into his car and they drive off with, like, mob members, (laughs) like, still trying to bang down the windows, hanging onto the car.
1: Yeah, like, people who are stuntmen on the weekends also birdie and alice in another car a very nice car also escaping so all the main characters fleeing from the cemetery
0: alice's motorcade is stopped by a commotion in the street where a small crowd has gathered around an abandoned baby birdie picks the baby up and proclaims that charlie dodson lives and she looks over to alice kind of like you know like okay now come over here and, and, and get in on my bit
1: and then as Alice walks up to Bertie, she like has a tiny conversation like we can survive this. We can do this.
0: Do you imagine Bertie's like thought process? She's like, "Okay, you threw me a real big curveball with this resurrection thing, but I somehow put it together. So just go with me."
1: <laughs> so, number 1, where is the Charlie Dodson original baby pop? Bertie
0: has stashed it somewhere.
1: Gross. Number 2, I think a few episodes ago, we called that perhaps it was Birdie who is at the bottom of all of this, and she's going to be the one who breaks on the stand. Do we still think that after this crazy ass shit that she did at the end? And also, by the way, the part at the beginning where she was, you know, giving her young daughter away to gentlemen on the side of the street.
0: Yeah, well, she's definitely a completely amoral person, whereas like Alice, at least Seems to believe in the gospel and wants to help people. Birdie's solely in it for the money and just looking out for herself. Doesn't even seem to have that much regard for Alice. Clearly not based on what happened in the past.
1: And this culminates with Alice running away, bleeding from the face, running away from the crowd and her mother. Kind of looking finally free, like she's broken out of a cage. Uh, Also, by the way, what baby is this? Yeah, where'd Birdie get this goddamn Jesus. baby?
0: <laughs> what kidnapped a second kid to replace the first one? Dastardly deeds again. I've said this a dozen times already. You could not. You could not pass. You've said one this too many times. I'm offer. cutting
1: you off. No, no, I am cutting you off. This is the eighth time you've been like, babies don't look. It the wouldn't same. work. I know. <laughs> Everyone knows.
0: Birdie implores Alice to take up the child and buy into this ruse, but instead, Alice runs away at full speed towards nothing like a maniac, and and that's where we end the episode. A
1: very strange ending. But like I said, she had a look on her face like she was happy, like she was just done skis and out of there, and I don't obviously know what's going to happen next. You guys do, but I'm so excited to now be able to watch the finale, and then... Get back together with my good buddy, James, and talk about it. Yeah,
0: and, and and sorry again, guys, that we were a week late, but they were seriously, like, is an active god. Like, take it up with
1: Poseidon. Yes, who is James' one and only god. The god of the sea.
0: Uh, yeah, but that's the hazard of living on a coastal town. Sometimes you get hit by a hurricane.
1: All the trees fell on all the power lines. Which apparently is what brings the power. I didn't know. (laughs) I didn't know what those lines were for. Now I do. Yeah. Turns out, mostly, for the power. So learn something new every day. We
0: we basically know what happened in terms of the crime. We don't have evidence that Bertie is the mastermind, but I I can certainly believe that she was. So, it either stops at Seidel or it goes all the way to Alice and Bertie. And and well, Perry made a remark at some point in this episode where he's like, "If I just get Ennis on the stand, I can break him." So maybe Ennis will be the one to confess on the stand.
1: Right? Either Ennis or Birdie. Do you think the Dotsons will be together at the end?
0: Mm, no, I hope not. I don't think that they should stay <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: married. <laughs> what do you think happens to Herman Baggerly?
0: I don't. He. I think Herman Baggerly is innocent. Hmm. I mean, he. I mean, he's okay. guilty of like you know the helping. The church maybe embezzle the money, it seems like. Or maybe he's not. I don't, Who knows how much he he knows. But I definitely don't think he's involved in the kidnapping.
1: Are you still on the train of Pete Strickland is going to die? Uh,
0: I wonder if Pete has now escaped that fate and, and he's not going to be in the next episode.
1: I know. Me too. And whether he comes back from now a season two. And Clara. Right? Clara
0: too. It doesn't seem like Clara will die. Although, you know... Uh, story writing convention in order to have a big success or to make a big change you usually need to lose something important so we will see what happens to perry
1: and paul in the next episode right incredible I'm, I'm i'm really excited to watch this next episode because when it was made it was made as a series finale for a mini series right right so it shouldn't feel exactly like the an end to season one of Perry Mason. Cause that's not what it was made as, but now whatever happens in this episode does have to lead into season two, episode one. So I'm just very interested to see like how, how they're, how they're going to do it, what they're going to do. I mean, we, we already know Perry Mason is coming back. Very excited about that.
0: Right, and, and, and we know some things from the 1950s show which is, at the start, of, by the time the nineteen fifty show starts, Perry, middle-aged, is already very well known, and is a very high-profile criminal defense lawyer and somewhat famous around the city and so this is an extremely high-profile case. We can kind of guess that Perry is going to be triumphant and this is going to kind of carry him into being a local celebrity.
1: Right, and that he, most likely he will be trying a the second largest, perhaps, case of his life, and it will be against the Hamburglar next season.
0: But yeah, uh, as you said, very excited for the finale, very excited for season two in, in probably three years, based
1: on how HBO likes to do it. Right. And also, I'm just going to like add this little tidbit at the end. If you all haven't watched the trailer for Raised by Wolves, the Ridley Scott HBO yeah, show damn, that is coming that out was crazy. on September 3rd, and we're definitely going to do a podcast about because it, it looks Dope as fuck! Please go watch that because you know it's gonna. Our show is gonna be about it.
0: All right, guys. Kind of a short one, but this was sort of a straightforward episode. If you're just listening, thank you very much. It means a lot to us, all our listeners. Thank you again for your patience. Uh, we hate to be late for a week, but uh, that's what happened. So thank you for sticking with us. And if you'd like to go the extra mile, you could follow us on social media on Twitter. He's at Westworld Ryan. I'm at James Watches Men. <laughs>
1: And if you'd Hashtag like to support best name the, all time.
0: You, sorry, I didn't mean to stomp on your no.
1: joke. It was a good joke. Fuck you.
0: And if you'd like to support the show monetarily in order to get some bonus content and chat with Ryan face to face, you can find us on Patreon at Patreon.com/slash HBO Boys B O I Z. And for a dollar or more a month, you get the premium content, access to our Discord, and Ryan will shout out your name at the end of each and every show,
1: which I am about to do right now. Bronco, Hardbo, Greg, Nicole, Day Eleven Podcast, James Watches Men. Oh no, gosh, James is my dong. Jeez, for, see now you fucked it up. Mm, it was bound to happen. Cliff Wilding, Hello underscore Yo, James Christopher, Atheist was Unstoppable, Chris Wood, Brent Ginn, Day Eleven, Westworld Again, Carol Andreas, Craig Bachman, John Durts, and Major Woody. <laughs> Does Day Eleven Westworld have? Yep, they two separate times. Wow, you're our you're our patron twice. <laughs> so everyone else could learn from you. Be our patron more than one time.
0: Thanks, guys, for the money. Yeah, thank you guys. Uh, you know the the SoundCloud yearly dues just came up. So if anybody's yeah. listening to our back catalog of episodes, you can thank our patrons for that.
1: Yeah, thank them individually. Like I just did. Get all of their names wrong. Try to say them real fast.
0: And join us here next week when we recap and review Perry Mason Season 1, Episode 8, the season finale, entitled The Case of the Reappearing Baby. That didn't alliterate. The Case of the... They just cut this out. I got nothing.
1: <laughs> I won't. You nailed it.
0: I'm James.
1: And I'm Ryan. And this is the HBO Boys podcast. I really thought you were going to say Westworld podcast again. <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't, James. I'm a goddamn professional. This is Westworld podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> God, such a better song. It's the
1: better, it's the best song ever, and we can... bullshit.